Hey, welcome back, baseball fans, to episode 22 of Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. We continue with our division previews today, covering the AL West, only one week from opening day. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. James, it's good to be back. Um, we're cruising through these division previews. We only have the two West divisions left, the AL West and the NL West. Today we'll be doing the AL West. It's officially one week from spring training, one week from right now as we're recording this. Uh, Yankees, Red Sox, the first game of the season will be over. Cardinals will be playing right now. A bunch of games will be going. I cannot be more excited for opening day in just one week. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. We've been itching for baseball. Baseball, the season, opening day was all threatened. Uh, I mean, I'm, I am so juiced to have live ball. Spring training, it's picked up a little bit, you know. Nice to see here, there. Corey Seager just got a uh, sack, uh, RBI uh, sack fly, and uh, so that was brutal against the Dodgers. Cards um, dumped on 28 yesterday. Yeah, that, that almost is a mini story in itself. I know it's spring training, but how did the Nationals give up 29 runs in a uh, game officiate, like under control of Major League Baseball? I don't know. Um, I think the Nelson Cruz sweepstakes is starting early. Uh, so maybe maybe the, maybe the they just have to give Nelson Cruz to the Cardinals because of that. They're just like, all right, 20 not like you're done. you got to go. Uh, it happened. But yeah, baseball is so back. We are one week away. Opening day, the best day of the year. Opening day it should be a national holiday. Clear the schedule, schoolwork, everything. Don't have time for it. It's baseball day. Can't wait. I didn't think we'd get here. And with opening day being later, we're pretty close to maybe the second most important day of the year, Jackie Day. So a couple of things to look out for. But today, it's all about the American League West. In my estimations, the most exciting division in baseball or division I'm most excited to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good way to put it. I think it's going to be an exciting division. So we have the Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners, Oakland athletics, Los Angeles angels, and the Texas Rangers. Um, And so there's a lot to break down in this division. There's going to be, you know, a pretty big shakeup I would say is possible within these standings Um, in 2021. You had the Astros, who won the division at 95-67. and 67. They went to their fifth straight ALCS, which is just crazy. Um, followed by the Mariners, who had a great 90-win season. Uh, finished five games behind the Astros, but didn't make the playoffs. Um, they were the fighting for it until the very last day. Then you have the Oakland Athletics, who were nine games back, 86-79. and 79. Uh, They actually won the AL West in the COVID year, but... They, um, like we've touched on in episodes past, have totally tanked, basically lost Matt Chapman, lost Matt Olson, Chris Bassett. Um, we'll break that down. The Los Angeles Angels finished in fourth place, 77 and 85. Obviously, they missed Trout for a good portion of the year, but they did have Shohei. Um, so, you know, they've made some additions, some big expectations with two players like that. Um, and then the Rangers were one of the bottom teams in baseball at 60 and 102. 35 games out of the division. Um, but they, you know, notably made a few big signings in their middle infield, which we'll touch on. But this is an interesting division. Astros minus 175 to win it, which I think is maybe too high, too, um, like they're favored too much to win it. But uh, Angels plus 400, Mariners plus 450, Rangers plus 1900, and the Athletics at plus 3000 to win the division. Um, James, I mean, what are your thoughts just from a high level about this division, those five teams? 
how do you think things you know might play out? You don't need to give your prediction because obviously we do that at the end. But what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you. You know, the Astros are nearly favored. Uh, I believe the White Sox are minus 200. So they're nearly favored as much as the White Sox. In this division, the competitive balance is not that far out of skew. I mean, the Astros are not entirely built that different than the Mariners or the Angels. You know, even the Rangers, terrible record, god-awful club last year. But biggest spenders this year in free agency. They combined gave $570 million, I think, to Corey Seager, uh, Marcus Simeon. So trying to retool, once again, Cincinnati, take notes. They went from the one of the worst seasons, you know, just terrible season. And they're like, okay, how do we get better? Throw money at people, um, of course. You know, and, and keep in mind they're doing all that right after getting a brand-new state-of-the-art, the newest uh, ballpark, Globe Life Field. Right. Um, which was obviously a special field. That is where your 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers uh, and Clayton Kershaw won a World Series. Great field. Love Texas for that. Don't love them for taking Corey Seager. But this division, to me, you kind of have up top your top three teams, in my estimations, Astros, Seattle, uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They are all kind of even fairly comparable teams. I think there's a little bit of a drop. Uh, when you get to the Rangers, and we'll talk about why there's a drop there when they have two really, really good players they just got. Then there's a gigantic drop. There's all of the minor league teams. There's some college baseball teams, Texas, Texas Tech, you know, a couple teams. And then there's the Oakland Athletics. I mean, this Oakland team, uh, like, I don't know. If Oakland Athletics win this division, hold me to it, I'll get a neck tat that says Oakland. I mean, there's not a chance that that team can do anything for all intents and purposes, they may be the worst team in the league. But they still have some star player, still maybe some reason to watch Oakland games, and we'll unpack all of that. But that's kind of my read on this division. Super excited at the top to see how this plays out. Uh, there's some teams that you love to hate. America loves to hate. The Houston Asterix, of course. Um, I think everyone in America, not in Houston, uh, wants them to fail. Uh, Mariners are borderline America's team. They're awesome to watch. And, I mean, Trout and Otani. You know, that pits asses and chairs, and you can leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a good point to start at. We can kick it off with the the Angels. Um, but real quick, I, I mean, I do kind of agree that the three top teams, I could see them all winning the division. The Astros, Angels, Mariners. The Astros are given really good odds to win it, which, I, I mean, I think is somewhat deserved. I do think they have the best lineup, um, both in their rotation, their bullpen, and in their actual lineup. Um, over some of these other teams. But I think the, there, there is a pretty deep floor for the Astros if things don't go well. But we'll jump into it right now with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, led by manager Joe Madden, of course. Um, they have an over-under of 83.5 wins, so projected to go just over 500. Um, and then, so their rotation, um, this is where there have been problems with the angels for years and years and years um it's pretty much the main reason mike trout has never been in the playoffs it's because they can't get good pitching obviously the rotation is led by shohei otani who you know is just you don't really need to say anything else about him he's an absolute animal um obviously led all of the majors um actually didn't lead all the majors but hit 46 homers or something like that had a sub four era like three six um he has an insane splitter i think only there were only 11 hits off of it all year. He's just the guy, um, best player in baseball. I'd pick him to win MVP again. But then it just kind of goes downhill from there. They made a, you know, a somewhat big signing that we talked about in one of our early episodes, which is Noah Syndergaard. They got from the Mets, who um, he missed most of last season for recovering from Tommy John. Um, he's a huge question mark, though. Like When he was good, he was really good. But he has just not been able to put up the numbers since. And then as you go down and down this lineup, like there's just not really big names following behind him. You have Patrick Sandoval, who got a little better last year, but hasn't been great. Michael Lorenzen, who has a career 407 ERA and last year was almost at six. Uh, he also doesn't pitch a lot of innings. He hasn't pitched over 100 innings in a season since 2015. And then like going down there, Reed Detmers, who is a, uh, Really good in triple eighth, was terrible in five starts last year. It was a first round pick. 
But this is just where the problem with the Angels are. They they don't have good pitching to back up Shohei. And maybe Syndergaard can help, and maybe not. I I will say the question mark there is huge. Uh, if he gets back to his level, I mean, people forget two three seasons ago on the Mets, he was up there top three arms in baseball. Um, so there's something there if they can get him going. That that one two punch of Shohei and uh, Syndergaard that that can be a really really good one two if he gets going um you know everyone else is just kind of they're kind of filler guys you know you'll see what you'll get you'll get some okay starts you know sandoval lorenzo not anything to write home about i am really excited about the outlook for uh, reed detmers i think um you know you got to remember it takes a second for for pitchers to develop uh, and, you know, his first year after getting drafted, like, yeah, you, you know, it's easy to pitch triple A, double A, you get to the majors that, that bats working a little bit different. And of course, you know, I don't know who his five starts were um, against, but you know, it's a whole different animal pitching to proper major league batters and stars. Um, I like to see the Cindergarden move. It showed that they're trying to fix it. I would have preferred this angels team gone all in and get Marcus Stroman. I think, in my opinion, that was their quickest path to success. Um, but we'll see what we get out of the rotation. Um, you know, you move on to their bullpen. Really, the only notable player coming out of that bullpen is their closer, Rocio Iglesias. He's pretty solid as it gets with closers. You know, not anything crazy on the top side of it, but gets the job done most of the time. But really, this is a team that's carried by the lineup. Um, you know, and even that's not an incredible lineup. This is a team that is carried by the two best players in baseball, in my opinion. Right, yeah. And and I and also with the new rule, the Shohei Otani rule, that allows him to still bat after he's taken out as a pitcher, um, as a DH, he'll be getting more more swings than he did last year. But, but yeah, this is a team that's offensive heavy. Um, they obviously have Shohei and Mike Trout at the top. And I think the biggest question mark is, can these guys stay healthy? You know, Shohei obviously was amazing last year, but he got hurt the year before and missed almost the whole season. Trout last year missed a huge chunk of the season, and he's had injury trouble in the past as well. But we know that when he plays a full season, he basically wins MVP. It's a lock. Um, But other than that, I mean, they still have other good players. Anthony Rendon, who was a staple of that 2019 Nationals World Series team, hopefully he can have a good season at third. I really was high on him. Um, and Jared Walsh is a pretty good first baseman. He's kind of, he kind of wraps up that core for the angels that can like really produce at an above average league level. Um, and then you have some question marks, guys like Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. Um, you know, they've shown some signs of being able to produce at an above average level and they're still young guys. So, you know, hopefully they can get something from them, but then, you know, Matt Duffy, David Fletcher, you got these old dudes on your bench like Justin Dup- Justin Upton, Kurt Suzuki. This just is a lineup that top to bottom isn't, you know, one of the best in baseball. But it's kind of I, – I, I was reading some article about the Angels today that kind of described it as a stars and scrubs lineup. Like you've got the top of the top players in baseball at the top, like Shohei, Trout, Rendon. And then you just have like these random dudes filling out the lineup and filling out the rotation. And that is what it kind of seems like just looking at this, looking at this team at this point. Yeah. And you know what I would say when I look at, okay, if this angels team is going to kind of overcome that hump and, and get trout in the playoffs and dear God, as a baseball fan, I think we all want that. Like give us the best player that's played in this generation in the postseason, please. Right. There's no other league where that happens, where like perennial MVPs don't play in the playoffs. Um, to me, what has to happen, kind of three crucial things. As you mentioned, we've never really seen Otani and Trout play together consistently, you know, play meaningful games together. You'd need that duo to stay healthy. Um, you know, if they go down, this team really has no shot and it becomes whoever's left. If it's the Trout or Otani show, you see what they can do individually. You need to keep both those guys healthy. That to me is, uh, you know, priority one. Obviously, you can't control that, but that needs to happen. Next up on that list is they need a resurgence type year uh, from Syndergaard. They just need maybe not when he was fully on top of the league, but if they can get him around a three ERA and get him to pitch 
170 plus innings. It should be sitting sitting good there. And then the last thing to me is Anthony Rendon needs to find that bat. And Washington, who's one of the best third basemen hitting-wise, he was perennially 300 average, 100 ribby guy, monster bat. They brought him in, and he really has not produced anywhere near those levels. Um, so if you get him to bring that offensive production and you really get one, two, three of good star power and great hitting, and now you get one or two really good arms – and then just kind of figure out the rest, they can make some noise. That's a ton of ifs, though. And as we mentioned, if you're a team, you don't want to rely on, you know, health here and bounce back here and a resurgence here. It's just hard to bet on career resurgences to make the playoffs in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm honestly not too high on this team. Um, like, look, they've had Trout forever. They've had Otani last year. Um, and they went 77 and 85. It just seems like if you're an Angels fan, you're going to watch, you know, Shohei throw a no-hitter through six innings and hit two home runs one night, and then Michael Lorenzen give up five runs in the first inning the next night. Um, it's just a team that I don't think is necessarily built to compete in the postseason right now. I, I want to see Shohei and Trout in the postseason. Rendon has you know, as you know, well, it can hit bombs in the postseason. Um, and even like they, they've got other good guys on this team. I just, they haven't shown it in the past and I, I, I'm not high on this team. It's a team that's going to be super fun to watch. I mean, how could you not love watching Shohei and Trout, but I don't know. I don't see it. I, I I'm going to root for them, um, to do well, but I, I don't see it right now, to be honest. How do you see this team competing at the top of the AO West? Uh, I mean, like I said, if all of the pieces go right, yes. I think there's such a a low chance of that happening. And I think if they get there into the playoffs, they're just not built to really win playoff series. You know, top-heavy just – this isn't the NBA. Top-heavy doesn't really work in baseball. Quite frankly, with this starting rotation, Trout and Otani could probably both bat – 400 with 150 ribbies and they still are probably a 500 team you know so that's the thing is like you can be super good but they don't have the depth they don't have the arms i want them there i mean more than anything as you said this is an electric to watch as people that cover baseball people that watch it for fun it's great as an angels fan this is almost horrifying right i mean they're really the organization more than anything i think at this point there's two big call call of fames or you know kind of signature things with the angels you know they obviously are the ones that gave albert pujols a ridiculous contract he didn't live up to and then their other thing is and you have the best player in the generation who you can't get into the playoffs not really the two best things you want to be known for as an organization and of course the california angels all that there there's some more history there but I, they just need a little bit more depth i mean there's just not a lot here. I am pretty high on Max Stasi, the catcher that they just signed to a, uh, I think, a three- or four-year deal. Um, you know, But once again, he's not a needle mover, as I say. He's not a premier catcher. He's very, you know, maybe around the 10 or 11 spot as far as catchers go. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be fun. I want to see Trout in the playoffs. I just don't know if this is a team that can do it. Yeah, and I it'll be something that will be fun to watch. I know they have a bunch of nationally televised games, but um, you know I don't have much more to say about this Angels team. I I think they I mean they have the second best odds to win the division at plus four hundred. I I just don't know. I it's too hard for me to even make a prediction right now. I don't like the team too much, and and I like what you said about you know the NBA where you can just kind of make a big three and compete. Like Mike Trout is the best player in baseball almost unanimously. And in probably second is Shohei. And they can't make even make the playoffs. Now with the expanded playoffs, you'll have three wild card spots. So say the Astros win the division, you'll have three wild card spots, which we already touched on the AL Central, and it doesn't look like you're likely gonna get a team there. And then you have the AL East with Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays, who all are going to be competing. And so we'll have to see where this team finishes and if they're able to sneak in there. But a team that I do think um, has a chance to win this division, um, and I think MLB put out a poll 
and or MLB TV or something like that put out a poll and the fans voted that this team would win the AL West. Um, and that's the Seattle Mariners, who last year, like I said, finished 90 and 72, a 91 team, missed the postseason barely. Um, this year, their projected over under is at 83 and a half, which might might be down largely because one, they kind of overperformed last year, and two, um, the Angels are better and healthy. The Astros are still there, and the Rangers got better too, so there's going to be tougher competition. But looking at this team, their big notable – well, they've actually made some notable offseason additions, uh, multiple. But the big one is Robbie Ray in their rotation, who won the AL Cy Young last year for the Blue Jays. He finished with a 2.84 ERA, 11.5 strikeouts per nine, led the American League in strikeouts, uh, whip, ERA plus innings pitched, had 32 starts, was really, really, really good. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, we have to assume he can keep that up because he hasn't been great in the years before that. But if he can, that's a huge addition to this rotation that otherwise is pretty lackluster. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flex, and Logan Gilbert, Matt Brash, all these guys have, you know, mid four, high four ERAs. They're not, um, you know, common household names in Major League Baseball. But, you know, they were able to put up 90 wins last year. And I think if Robbie Ray can really pitch like he did last year, there's a lot that this team can do. And then their lineup, you know, we talked about the big trade that they made with the Cincinnati Reds to get most notably Jesse Winker, but also a. Eugenio Suarez, who will, you know, be their everyday third baseman, which is a great pickup. The rest of this lineup, Adam Frazier, is a big signing as well, or a big trade. Um, he was obviously uh, with Pittsburgh for most of last year and then got traded to the Padres, and now he's on the Mariners. That's a big one, over 300 hitter, um, played really, really well at second last year. So that's a big one. They have Ty France at first, great hitting numbers last year, led all the majors and hit by pitch, which is interesting. Jesse Winker, Mitch Hanniger, who was super clutch in those uh, last games of the regular season last year. Uh, JP Crawford, who's, you know, super, has a bunch of swag, super cool to watch, 27 years old. He's gotten better every, every year. Um, Eugenio Suarez, like I mentioned, they have the 2019 rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis. This is a, this, a Jared Kalenic. This is a good team, I think, um, from a lineup standpoint and getting the addition of Robbie Ray to a rotation that did pretty well last year. You know, they, they were still able to win 90 games. I like this team. I think it has a good chance to take this division down as maybe a sleeper with the third best odds. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, the pitch inside, I'm actually pretty high on Logan Gilbert. I think he's going to have a really mm. strong year. Um, you know, I don't think that's a take that's very popular. Um, but as you said, I think if the arms are serviceable enough that in combination with Cy Young level Robbie Ray, you know, they should be fine pitching wise. You know, they're certainly not going to, it's not the New York Mets where they're going to win because of pitching outside of Robbie Ray starts. But as we saw last year, it's very serviceable. Their bullpen, again, no one really that jumps off the page, but it's really a really long collection of pretty good serviceable arms. So, you know, Diego Castillo, Casey Sadler, uh, Sergio Ramo, who they just signed, a uh, longtime <laughs> success in uh, San Francisco. So, you know, a lot of stuff there. But I love what I love about this lineup is it is just built with with depth you know you look at the bench as right. you mentioned they right now kyle lewis 2019 rookie of the year on the bench sam haggerty on il steven souza who can come in and take some at bats billy hamilton clearly just there to pinch run um but still <laughs> exactly. you know can, can bring something there but i love this team i mean jp crawford i think is one of the more underrated players in baseball i think suarez maybe the trade kind of woke him up a little bit could have a bounce back year in a new ballpark adam frazier was a beast um uh, you know, it is kind of funny the Padres traded him, and now they're like, oh, my gosh, we need outfielders. Um, which, you know, I mean, he played second, but I'm pretty sure, and I, it may be jumping my mind, I think at Pittsburgh he took a couple games uh, in center field. That, you know, fact-check me on that. But also interesting, just side note on the Padres, they also just sent down uh, Trace Thompson to the AAA club, which if you need outfielders, I probably wouldn't do. Um, but... Um, you know, this team, it, it's an electricity factory. That's what I would call this team. They were electric to watch down the stretch. 
walking off games, winning games that were must win. You know, as you talked about Mitch Haniger, big part of that. And they really only got what I would say significantly better from being a couple games out of the playoffs, having a really good year, right? They bring in the Cy Young winner, bring in Jesse Winker, who was just annihilating baseballs, a couple four home run games last year. Uh, I'm really up on this team. I, you know, I personally, I guess I'll, spoiler alert, I think they win the division. Uh, I cannot wait to watch this Mariners team. It is probably the team outside of the LA Dodgers I'm most excited to watch. Um, Just electric. I love the lineup construction. I love what you have here. Perfect mix of power, contact, speed. I think it's going to be a really fun year. Interesting to see what guys like Julio Rodriguez can do, Jared Kalenic. Um, We'll see, but. I'm really, really high on this Mariners team. I think they make the playoffs, uh, barring any total collapse. You know, Robbie Ray doesn't go, uh, you know, forget how to pitch. Yeah, I don't think they'll win the division, but I do think they'll make the playoffs. Um, it, 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 They'll require, you know, another good year from Robbie Ray, another good year from Jesse Winker, another good year from Adam Frazier, which, you know, when these guys played well the year before, maybe it's more likely that they play well again. But these also are guys that, you know, maybe weren't household names prior to last year. Um, I do like J.P. Crawford. I do like Kyle Lewis. I do like Mitch Haniger. I mean, a lot of these guys that they had and were able to win 90, 90 games last year, just picking up Eugenio Suarez, who's really struggled, but picked it up towards the latter half of last year. Um, Jesse Winker, Robbie Ray, Adam Frazier. This is a good team. They, they have a good lineup. Um and it'll be interesting to see how that rotation performs this year and if they can keep it up. But, you know, the only other thing I'd say is at the start of last season, to me, the Mariners were approaching, you know, clown levels. Um, they had all that kind of scandal of their uh, president of baseball ops went on the Rotary Club and basically said, we're not re-signing um, Kyle Seeger. You know, we do manipulate service time. Essentially, he did about the worst thing you possibly can, which is everything they're not supposed to do, but that like they're doing, but not announcing he made public instantly got fired like six hours after this thing, you know, and it was unsure what you were going to get out of Seattle. This hasn't been like a crazy team. And they were just to me, maybe one of the bigger stories of last year, like, Oh wow, these Mariners are legit, you know, and now they've acquired a lot of tools, a lot of pieces to get, even better. And I think it's great for baseball when Seattle is booming. It's a good sports market. You know, obviously you have some great stories over the years, Ken Griffey senior and Ken Griffey junior, that old connection, Ichiro, you know, King Felix. It's good for baseball when the Mariners are bumping, you know, I'm excited to watch this team. Yeah, I am too, for sure. It's a team that I, I'm, I hope gets in the postseason and I hope can maybe even make a run in the AL. We'll see. Um, but a team that's been making the run in the AL for the past several years is the Houston Astros. Um, currently set at an over-under of 91.5, which I think is kind of high, but we'll see. They've made five straight ALCS appearances. Um, they notably lost uh, Carlos Correa in the offseason to Minnesota, uh, and they lost George Springer to the Blue Jays the year before that. It's a team that's you know kind of lost that core, that – went to won the world asterix won the world series in 2017 and has been in world series since they lost garrett cole they lost granky but i mean remember they were um in the alcs last year without verlander without granky without garrett cole and they were still able to be there this is a team that um really produces and develops pitching at maybe the, the best level in all of baseball and now they're getting Justin Verlander back, who's coming off Tommy John, which Tommy John isn't the same as it was, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago. But Justin Verlander is now 39 years old. Last time we saw him was 2020 opening day, um, which, which didn't go that well for him. But the last time we saw him before that was uh, the year he was winning a Cy Young. He had over 300 strikeouts. Uh, he was throwing no hitters. I, I'm still high on Justin Verlander, even though he's coming off an injury. I think he can still be a top level pitcher in all of the, all of baseball. Um, but this is a team that develops pitching really well. They have Framber Valdez, Jake Odorizzi, Luis Garcia, um, Jose Arquiti, Lance McCullers Jr., who's going to be out for the start of the season. But you know, keep in mind this team 
went really far in the postseason last year, mainly in in the regular season as well, mainly because as a whole, they they had a 3.63 ERA as a rotation, which is great for a rotation that no longer had Garrett Cole, no longer had Verlander, no longer had Zach Granke. And, you know, Framber Valdez, if you've ever watched the Astros, I'm sure the TV announcer said it, but they literally signed him for $10,000 uh, in like 2012 or something after seeing him pitch in the Dominican Republic and like the headlights of his car or something. Um, they just find talent and develop pitchers extremely well. Um, and so that's why I think this rotation is very deep and can do a lot of good things throughout the season once again. But the lineup, and I think this is where the biggest question mark is, is, you know, this is a lineup that's a year older now. Um, like I said, they've lost George Springer a couple years ago. They lost Carlos Correa. They still have some good pieces, obviously, but it's an older lineup, especially, you know, Michael Brantley will be 35. Yuli Gurriel will be 38. Jose Altuve will be 32. So you have a lot of players getting up in age, but um, it's still a good lineup. It's still a good lineup. Altuve still an elite hitter. Bregman really struggled towards the end of last season. You know, he was batting at the bottom of the lineup uh, in the playoffs, but, you know, Alex Bregman is a great third baseman. Um, so we'll see if he can get those batting numbers up. Michael Brantley has batted over 300 for the past five, four or five years, uh, five-time All-Star. But like I said, he's 35 now. Yuli Gurriel batted 319 last year, 846 OPS. Um, we'll see if he can keep that up now that he's 38. But then they do have some young guys who are really good, like uh, Jordan Alvarez, who won Rookie of the Year in 2019. Um had 277 average, 877 OPS, 33 homers, over 100 RBIs. They have Kyle Tucker, who's back, who had a 917 OPS. Chase McCormick, who I think is going to be out for the beginning of the season. Um, Jeremy Pena, who is a top 100 prospect, who's going to be taking that shortstop role from Carlos Correa. Martin Maldonado, Jake Myers, who's going to miss the beginning of the season. But this is still a team that top to bottom has some names that you've seen perform in the postseason at the top level of baseball. I like this lineup. I think it has a deep rotation. I think this team will uh, take the AL West again. Uh, how do you feel about you know a team that you're not too fond of? Well, <clears throat> apologize, everyone, for what's about to come. But uh, first of all, I would start with this is the most ridiculous organization in all of sports. I can't believe it's still a thing. I don't know why anyone puts money into this organization. Terrible from top to bottom. Um, you know, Dusty Baker taking a job there lowered how I felt about him. Um, other important things to get out of the way before I get to baseball. Yuli Gurriel is a piece of shit. Uh, I will not uh, and it cannot be forgotten his racist gesture towards you, Darvish which went unpunished, except he missed five games the next season. Nothing in the World Series, so you can say whatever you want. Uh, uh, apparently, Yuli Gurriel is allowed to be as racist as he wants on a ball field. Uh, terrible Rob Manfred, be better. He's a piece of shit. Jose Altuve, pretty elite. Obviously, the numbers went down. You know, His strikeouts on breaking balls went up 70% once he took the trash can out, so that kind of changes the game. He's still an elite hitter, though, without the trash can. I do want to make that clear. Uh, Alex Bregman, he's really been struggling without his trash can, um, but he still is also a phenomenal player. Um, Michael Brandt, as you said, there's a lot of good players here. The age is certainly a factor. Yuli Gurriel, I hope he's terrible. I hope he has the worst season of his career and gets forced out of Major League Baseball. Uh, he's a terrible person. Michael Brantley, uh, hard guy to hate. No problems with him. Um, Jordan Alvarez, he, I think is very underrated. He smashes baseballs. Um, you know, just a beast. I don't have as many problems with him because he wasn't part of the 2017, uh, cheat, uh, the Dodgers out of a world series team, but absolute menace, uh, in the batter's box, Kyle Tucker, you know, as you talked about Martin Maldonado, nothing special, but still probably a top 15 catcher, uh, it's a really good lineup, you know, pending things don't go off the rails because of age or anything like that. It's going to be one of the stronger lineups in all of baseball. Um, certainly probably the best lineup in the AL West, uh, maybe not top heavy, but just depth wise, you know, one to nine. So it'll be interesting. The bullpen, you know, Ryan Presley closing, 
Okay, nothing crazy. Other notable names are Hector Neres, Pedro Baez, uh, Rafael Montero. So they have some arms there to relieve some stress. Um, the starters, as he said, to me, that's really where the Astros have the biggest advantage in the AL West, uh, is that their rotation is just much better. I completely agree with you. Verlander is going to be back. I mean, Verlander's awesome. We did a Hall of Famer not on him. Uh, you picked him to go to the Hall of Fame. I didn't because of ethical issues, but not because of playing. Uh, phenomenal pitcher, if not the best pitcher in this generation. Um, you know, Valdez, also another incredible guy. Lance McCullers Jr., you know, he won't be ready for the start of the season, but in some ways that may help them. You know, he's coming yeah. in rested, uh, kind of coming in at the right time. I yeah, like Berlander, this team. Yeah. In spring training, he was – uh, his fastball is getting capped at 95, you know, so he's back up in that high velocity zone. I think he'll definitely be back. But this is one, you know, this is maybe the the worst and oldest lineup they've had in the past, you know, five, six, seven years um, since they've really went on this run. Um, it, it's just everybody's older. They've lost Correa, who's been a huge piece, you know, for them for the past six years. Um, they don't have, they, well, you know, they do have good pitching, but they don't have like the, those Garrett Coles or the Grankies anymore. But I, you know, I, I shouldn't even say that this is a great rotation, but there's no denying that, you know, another year on Guriel, another year on Brantley, um, even Altuve, it's an older team. They've lost some of the pieces that have been key to their lineups in the past half a decade, but that doesn't mean this is a bad team. You know, they're have 91 and a half over under for a reason. Um, they're minus 175 for a reason. This is still a good team. You know, the one thing I would add is I think there are some intangibles at play here. Um, meaning, you know, obviously they're the way that they defrauded all of major league baseball and all the fans was brought up, you know, brought to light, uh, thanks in part to that 2019 nationals world series team. Um, I believe it was Strasburg who actually was the first one who's like, no, they they know what I'm pitching and I'm not tipping pitches. Um, but the backlash they got really started in the COVID year because uh, it was January 2020, January 14th, 2020, I believe, when the report surfaced. Um, and they had the kind of getting bullied on social media. But as you remember, there wasn't. Uh, fans in the stands, you know, COVID protocol. So they didn't really have to deal with the fans there, but they were still public enemy. So I think they rallied in, in the face of being public enemy number one in the world, basically. They kind of put together a good campaign back to the ALCS. Now take you to next season, which was last season, 2021. First time fans are back in the ballpark. It basically is restarting the whole process for them, right? There's the chance they're getting yelled at in Dodger stadium. They're throwing inflatable trash cans on the field. Once again, public enemy number one, but now they're feeling it day to day. I think it again was a case of we're going to rise to the occasion, especially with Carlos Correa, some of, some of that leadership saying, you know what? We are good. The trash can scandal shouldn't define us, which it should, but they don't think it should. Um, so I think they really rose to the occasion kind of in a way of somewhat defending their names, maybe making their fans life a little bit better, you know, something in that vein. And I think that is really going to start to fade, you know, outside of the teams, you know, Dodgers, I know the Yankees are still whining about it, but teams that were directly impacted are really starting to be the only fans who still care and have this hatred and vendetta against them. So I think without all that pressure, I don't actually think they rise to the occasion as much. Mm. So I think you combine that with the age of the roster and, you know, losing Carlos Correa uh, and some of that. And that's why I think this is an Angels team that is going to underperform. And I want to be very – yeah, sorry. uh, (laughs) Asterix team that is going to underperform. Uh, And I want to be clear, not like underperform, they're going to win 60 games. Like they probably still win 80-plus games. Um but, you know, I mean, I think they easily win 80 games. They're going to be at least 500. But I don't think, you know, I just, I can't come to grips with this team being minus 175. I don't, you know, I would say fade that bet. There's not a lot of great value in that. And I don't think this team has that pressure to rise to the occasion. And I'm really hopeful that this is finally the first ALCS we get without these scumbags. Uh, so that's kind of my hope. That's my read on the situation. I still think they're, 
if they don't win the division, I think they come in second uh, pretty easily. It's a, it's a good top to bottom club, you know, bullpen rotation lineup. Yeah, I think this will be a postseason team. Uh, even if they don't win the division, I think this will be a postseason team. Um, not that that's a hot take. I think everybody pretty much expects that from a team that's been a five straight ALCS, which is just kind of insane, you know, to be one of the final two teams in the American League every year for five years is is pretty ridiculous. Um, a team that won't be going to the ALCS this year is the Oakland Athletics, who have sold everybody of value to them. You know, I, I heard somebody talking about how the spring training announcers for the athletics, just the announcers for the athletics, how they're just so depressed at what this team has done and how they've blown it up. Um, they obviously traded Matt Olson to Atlanta to replace Freddie Freeman. They traded Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. They trade. Uh, I forget if it was a trade or not, but Chris Bassett, who's been you know been a staple of this, it's team. a trade. Yep. Yeah, a trade staple of this team for the past you know several years. He's now gone in New York. Uh, the Mets. This is a team that, you know, doesn't really have a lot of names. Uh, it's just a team that's not going to win a lot of games. Some highlights, I guess. Um, let's see. Let's find well, a highlight. I, I've got one highlight. Go ahead. Uh, the, to me, the biggest highlight on this team has to be uh, Christian Pache. Yes. Um, he came over in that Braves trade. He was a super – I don't know where he ended up being in the pipeline prospect, but I'm pretty sure like a top 10 prospect. Had some really great moments even up into the playoffs versus L.A. last year in the NLCS. Uh, incredible uh, defender, you know, center fielder. He's one of those guys just covers anything. You know, all the grass in center field, 400 feet, he's got it. Uh, you know, it hasn't really – the production at the plate hasn't been there, but, of course, still a young guy. I think it's going to come. I think he's going to be a really, really good outfielder in this league. To me, that is really their only, you know, great big point or like thing to kind of check in for. There's other notable names, you know, Ramon Laureano. He's got an absolute like cannon on him, hosing dudes out at the plate. He's got a big bat. Um, you know, maybe Jed Lowry, he's kind of Mr. Athletic. When they re-signed him, that was the first dollar they spent in free agency was re-signing Jed Lowry, Mr. Athletic. Um, you know, Elvis and Drews, Tony Kemp, uh, that, that's really it. I mean, there's not, you know, they've got basically half the Dodgers benches on their bench, Billy McKinney, Sheldon Noisy, uh, Stephen Voigt. That, yeah. There's just not anything really to get excited about here. Yeah, Christian Pache is, you know, that's a good point. He is, he was the big piece in that Matt Olson trade, getting him um, in Oakland. And that that's a great thing. But he's not going to be, you know, uh, an all-star or anything like that this season, unless something crazy happens. But, like, this is just a team that's, like, all these dudes who were good, like, maybe five years ago, Elvis Andrews when he was on Texas, um, Stephen Piscotti. Um, I mean, he he was on the Cardinals forever, and he was never even anything that great. Jed Lowry's been there forever. Ramon Laureano, like you said, um, he's probably, you know, the most notable guy. And I've heard that they're trying to move him as well, just to totally clean house. But, like, look, this is a team similar to the Cincinnati that just kind of unloaded everybody, totally going into rebuild mode. They had, I think, back-to-back 97-win seasons a couple years ago. Um, kind of with this core that they've had with Chapman and Olsen. But it's just not there anymore, and this is a team that's in full rebuild mode. I like the under on 70.5 wins. Um, this is a team that's going to lose a lot of games, especially in a division with even the three teams we've already talked about and the Rangers, who we're going to talk about next, all are um, have gotten significantly better. This is a team that's got a lot worse. You know, I don't see it going for them going well for them this year at all do you, yeah i think they got plus three thousand odds to win the division that's probably a little generous i would have maybe bumped them to 3500 uh there you know I, I guess one other piece you could talk about max if you want to talk about the two pitchers that they're going to trade by the trade deadline um to and maybe ramon Loriano to complete the full you know execution of the oakland F- 
Yeah, I mean, I can talk about these guys. To be honest, I don't really even know much about these guys. Uh, Sean Manea, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, and Frankie Montas. Like, and I mean, this, what I was just going to say, just for context, Frankie Montas is hurt right now. He won't even be starting the season. They're two pretty serviceable arms. The Athletics said they're not going to trade them like currently. Same thing the Reds are doing with uh, Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo, but – it's almost inevitable. There's no reason to keep these arms there. Like, you know, you have negative run support. Uh, you right. know, get them out of there. Get Ramon Lori out of there. And I guess just start a full rebuild. Hope that Christian Patsy's an all-star. And you got something there you can build around and, and get into it. But it's kind of sad. Last year, I had the athletics to win the AL West. You know, I mean, th- this was a good team who was there. Never enough to, you know get to the world series or make the push there, but they were certainly, you know, maybe not knocking on the door, but they were one of the premier clubs in baseball, as you said, back to back 97 wins. I mean, it's just kind of sad that they blew this team up. And now with all the rumors of uh, them, like moving out of Oakland or a lot of teams wanting to take in the athletics, other cities, the team that's not very good. I guess I don't know if that helps or hurts the cause of them getting out of Oakland. Like, I don't know if other cities would still want them or how that would work, but it definitely plays a factor into that whole discussion. But it's too bad. It's too bad. A team that's really been good the past couple of years. I like the athletics. I like their colorway. I like their uniforms and their jerseys. And I liked the players that, they, that they've had the past couple of years. They even had Marcus Simeon. Um, it's a, it was it was a good team. It won't be a good team this year. I like under 70 and a half. Um, I agree, plus 3,000, like 30 to 1. I, I don't think if they played the season 30 times that the, that the Athletics would win one of them. Um, so I guess that's that. That's the Oakland Athletics. Not much there, but the last team, and maybe one of the more interesting teams, if not the most interesting team in this division, is the Texas Rangers, who, like you said, brand new stadium, huge, huge money spent in the offseason getting uh, Dodger shortstop and World Series MVP Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, who I just mentioned. Um, they also signed guys like Cole Calhoun, Brad Miller. This is a team that spent a lot of money uh, in the offseason. They even got my boy Matt Carpenter, who I think is going to be on their minor league team. Uh, he just hasn't been good in a while. Actually, I just on that he took. He actually had a pro offer to play in MLB. He took the AAA offer from the Rangers. He's from Texas, um, and kind of hopes from what I was reading that he's betting on himself, thinking he'll be able to make the you know play himself into the major league roster and then be playing for his hometown team. So pretty cool story there. Um, you know. This team, it is, as you said, it's incredibly interesting because they had a terrible record last year, 102 losses, 16-102. Uh, but then they really did what is not common in baseball anymore and said instead of like just selling anyone worth anything, they're like, what if we bring in more people? Um, you know, you have Willie Calhoun, who used to be a top prospect in the Dodgers organization, never really worked out. He's going to be DHing for them. His spring training, he's looked really good see if there can be a career resurgence there. Um, but again, this is a lineup that is top-heavy, similar to the Angels. You know, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager are clearly leading the show here um, for for what they have. Uh, they also have Nick Solak, who, uh, from what I was reading, it sounds like he'll be coming off the bench. He had a couple incredible flashes. I think it was a great June or a great July he had last year. Um So I, I expect him to, to maybe play himself back into a starting role and – and play a little bit there. But to me, the weakness of this Texas Rangers club is the rotation. For sure. Uh, and I don't know if you want to start to touch on that, but this is a rotation that is that is headlined by John Gray, a longtime Colorado Rockies pitcher, a longtime uh, over four and a half ERA guy. Yeah, this is a rotate. This is the weak point in this team. And I think that's why, you know, a team with Seeger, Simeon, um, and some of these other guys, not that their lineups, you know, stacked, but the the rotation really is lackluster. You're looking at John Gray, Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, uh, and AJ Alexi. These guys are just, you know, high four ERA guys, 
not top pitchers in baseball. Um, and so I, I think that's why there's a lot of question marks about this team. And I think rightfully so. I don't think this rotation is going to um, prevent a lot of runs. You know, you've had, you have an amazing middle infield now that can, you know, hopefully keep some balls um, in the infield. But this is, this is a lackluster rotation, especially compared to the, the rest of the uh, division. I'd also, one other player I don't think we've touched on in their lineup, uh, Mitch Garver at catcher, really like him. I um, think he's going to have a big year. Uh, you know, they have, what are their odds, plus 1,900? Is that right? Um, e- yes. Yeah, so they're plus 1,900, which is, you know, pretty far out odds for them with how good their lineup is. But I think that's just a testament to the pitching. Their bullpen doesn't really get much better. The best piece in that is currently hurt. And that's Jose Leclerc, you know, Garrett Richards is there, Josh Schwarbs, some things, but not, you know, and nothing to write home about the starting rotation is bad. Um, you know, and I think I know Corey Seager was trying to recruit Clayton Kershaw, who would have been the best pitcher on this team. But even that, like, you can't have Kershaw headlining your team anymore. You, you just can't if you really want to compete. Uh, when it matters, more than anything, I think, Max, and this is my interpretation of the team, is you kind of take this year to assess what you have, what all that money in your middle infield did. You know, is Corey Seager, one, can he stay healthy? He struggled with that. Is he going to continue to be an elite elite shortstop, one of the best in the game? You know, same with Marcus Simeon had a career year last year. Does he keep that up? Now, he's always been good. Marcus Simeon's always been a very strong second baseman. Does he keep up the career year? And after taking some inventory, I think maybe you can identify some shortcomings and and come to close that. So I think this is a club who is two to three years out from really competing, but this was a necessary step to get some cornerstones into this club for the future. I think you summed it up really well. They locked down these guys for the next, you know, half decade, decade. Um, and to get real cornerstones of your franchise with you, that's the hardest part about building a franchise is getting those guys that can, you know, be the superstars in the MLB. And Corey Seager's still a young guy. And like you said, Simeon had a career year last year. He hit more home runs than any second baseman ever. Um, if those guys can keep up the offensive production, that's a good cornerstone to have. And I think this is kind of a, you know, let's just see how it goes. We've got some new players. We're not expected to win the division. We're not expected to make the playoffs. But we're building a foundation here that that they think can go a long way in a brand-new stadium. Um, I, I, I like this team in the future, but this is just not going to be their year. But it, it will be an interesting team to watch, and it'll be a lot more fun watching um, Rangers baseball than it was last year, that's for sure. Um, yeah, James, anything yeah. else about the Rangers? Well, I think I like exactly where you have this team. I think that they are able to really entertain. Um, you know, we'll get some good Sunday night games out of them. We'll get some good series out of them. Um, and really, I'm happy with the direction the organization is going, right? They just shelled out $570 million. Like they are, this is a commitment to winning. You know, obviously, you're not going to take 102 uh, lost team, throw boatloads of money at it, and instantly make it a contender. Like, there's just not enough free agents that they would have had to more or less sign the entire free agent class if they really wanted to do that. Um, but I love the direction. Uh, as much as it pains me, Corey Seager is one of my favorite players in the league, one of my favorite Dodgers. It is going to be brutally hard to see him in that Texas jersey, but I'm certainly wishing him all the best and hopefully continuing to have an elite, elite career that maybe one day could get him into Cooperstown. Uh, as notable, he has been a star on a Dodgers team full of stars, right? He was ALCS MVP, World Series MVP on a team that had four MVPs. So, right. you know, and he can hit, he can field. Simeon's the same boat. I'm excited. Finally, if you're a Texas fan, there's definitely reason to get to Globe Life, uh, check out the new ballpark, check out the new additions. And I think this is a team, the way the ownership's treated this, that – Next offseason, they'll be making moves. Maybe at the deadline, they'll make some moves. I think the Texas Rangers are going to be one of those teams that are at the front end of this division for the next five to ten years. But this is really a take inventory year. Let the And again, you know, as every year that goes by, that Astros core is getting worse and worse as this team can get better. 
could be a shift in uh, power in the AL West upcoming. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, how do you feel about the rankings this year? I'll give you mine, how I think it'll wrap up. Um, we'll hear your rankings, and then, as usual, what player we're most excited to watch. My rankings this year, I'm going Astros. I think they'll win the division. Um, I have Mariners in second, Angels in third, so that's where my prediction will differ from the odds. And then I have Rangers, A's, finishing it out. I think I think the four and five spot, I'd be shocked if you didn't agree. It goes Rangers, A's. But how, how are you shuffling up those top three teams? Yeah, so my shuffle, as noted, I'm, I'm banking on the Astros uh, underperforming for a couple of reasons, being the lack of external pressure, you know, age in the lineup, obviously Carlos Correa. And I'm huge. I am so high on this Mariners team. You know, as we talked about in our big preview uh, episode that we'll put out uh, on opening day, we're going to pick teams that are kind of like our secondary teams, teams that we just love to watch, can't get enough of. They're certainly on my short list for that. For that reason, I love this Mariners team. I'm picking them to win the AL West. I'm confident, and I like that prediction. There we go. So that, you know, kind of going out there, the odds have them at the third best team. I'm taking them to win. Uh, and I actually will be throwing some money behind this for 50 odds for that team. It's too juicy for me to avoid. Uh, I have the Astros slotted in at that second spot. Again, the the rotation, the bullpen, the lineup. The, the you know the history the organization Dusty Baker it's all too good for them to severely underperform uh, again I think they easily make the playoffs I think they come in second I think they snatch up a wild card team especially with how competitive the AL East is going to be um, and then I got at third I have the Angels um, you know that's barring obviously then a catastrophic injuries but I still. They're the third team, and I'm right there with you. Rangers are fourth. Oakland is a fifth, and it's not a close fifth. Huge drop between three to four. Massive, the biggest drop from four to five. I'm with you there, for sure. Um, who, who are you keeping your eye on? Who are you most excited to watch this season? You know, maybe one, maybe two players, you know. I've, I've got two. But Yeah, go I, you know, I think so. You know, kind of a question I'm not super prepared for. One, this is a super lame take, but I think it's necessary. That's got to be Mike Trout. Um, in my opinion, there's never been more pressure. And this is not just my take. This is kind of the national baseball news. Never been more pressure on him. You know, he one, he needs to stay healthy. You need to get 150 games out of him. But it's clear that you have a co-headliner. You have an MVP. You have one of the best players in baseball with you. You are the best player in baseball. You know, they've tried to sure up the pitching. You know, sure, it's not Scherzer that they brought in or anything. But, like, the time is kind of now, Trout. You know, he needs to produce. He needs to put his team in a position to win games. Have to be eyes on him because if he collapses, this team may fall behind the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I think Mike Trout is, you know, a must-watch player in all of baseball. And I have an equally lame take, but I I have somebody else to back it up. But – Equally lame tape, it's Shohei Otani. I mean, he's Showtime. Um, he's reigning MVP. Electric pitcher. Smashes home runs. How could you not love to watch Shohei Otani? He is the player to watch in the AL West, and if not, the entire league. For sure. Like, if you don't watch baseball at all, he's the guy you want to watch um, to get you into baseball. He is just he's just unbelievable. The next guy I'm really interested in watching um, and I think could be a huge difference maker is J.P. Crawford. Um, I really like him on the Mariners. He's gotten better every year he's been playing. You know, went from like 230 average to 250 to high 270s. If he can keep it up and keep up, you know, um, kind of his, his presence on the field and in the batter's box, I think he could be a huge difference maker for that Seattle Mariners team. And he would make that team really, really fun to watch if he was – you know, a top, top player in baseball, you know, in, in that similar process uh, or a similar limelight and kind of you, you talked about bringing to my second guy, I'm going to stay on the Mariners with, and I'm also going to give an honorable mention. So somehow we went from picking one guy to five guys, but whatever <laughs> uh, we make the rules. Um, it's Eugenio Suarez, because in my opinion, if they get the Suarez from two years ago, 30 home run mashing, you know, 85 RBI having, 
Suarez, who was headlining that Cincinnati team and one of their better players, if he is playing at that level with the rest of this lineup, this is going to be a scary, scary team. Huge if. That's why he's the player to watch. But to me, if he can become an impact player and give them one more impact player, and in my estimations, bring this lineup to six or seven great hitters, that could be, you know, to me, that's going to be a necessary block for my prediction of them winning the AL West to come true. You know, I think they need him to get to a vintage role. They need every ounce that they can get out of every player on this lineup. Um, so another player to watch, probably not as high in everyone else's list. Uh, and then I think, oh, man, there are so many players to watch in this division. Honestly, like Verlander just has to be watched, you know, the age, the injury, and he's critical. If he is vintage Justin Verlander, I think this Astros team wins. Uh, Got to watch there. And again, I'll just honorable mention Marcus Simeon. You know, can he keep up with the production he found in Toronto? There you go. Um, I like those predictions. We'll have to see. This is going to be a fun, fun division to watch. Um, I'll probably watch more AL West baseball this year than I ever have. Um, I'm excited to see it. James, one division left. That's your division, the NL West. Lots of good teams to talk about. Lots of moves, even for the the two bottom teams, Chris Bryant and Kettle Marte. Um, it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun discussion this weekend. But that wraps it up. AL yeah. West. Once we, you know, I, I do like what you said. For the first time in a while, the AL West is worth watching, even if it's a Texas team that's not great. It's going to be fun to watch Simeon Seager. You know, just a lot of names to watch, even if the uh, Angels aren't great. You have to watch Trout and Otani if you love baseball. Um, so I'm really excited just for the division to be a little bit more oomph, you know, something to watch. In my estimations, this is the most competitive division. I know the NL East is super tight, but as we mentioned, I think that it was kind of, you know, Atlanta Mets, little drop, whatever. I think the top three teams here really could go any way, um, quite frankly. So I'm excited for that competitiveness. One more division left, then we will preview everything that will bring us right up to our massive opening day episode, the start of the season. Max, I cannot wait. Baseball is the best. Baseball is back. And the Mariners are going to win the AL West. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening, everybody.